A teenage boy with a backpack so huge that he resembled an ant with an oversized breadcrumb. A smiley, rosy-cheeked redhead, instantly engulfed by the two children in pajamas. Now a pause, a sort of gathering of focus. A crisply-dressed Asian woman stepped through the door with a baby. This baby was perhaps five or six months old, able to hold herself confidently upright. She had a cushiony face and a head of amazingly thick black hair, cut straight across her forehead and straight across the tops of her ears, and she wore a footed pink sleeper. Ah, everyone breathed, even the outsiders, even the mother and the grown daughter. The mother-to-be stretched out both arms, letting her tape recorder bounce at the end of its strap. But the Asian woman stopped short in an authoritative manner that warded off any approach. She drew herself up and said, Donaldson? Donaldson, that's us, the father-to-be said. His voice was shaking. He had somehow got rid of the car seat, passed it blindly to someone or other, but he stayed slightly to the rear of his wife and kept one hand on her back, as if in need of support. Congratulations, the Asian woman said. This is Jin Ho. She transferred the baby to the mother's waiting arms, and then she unhitched a pink diaper bag from her shoulder and handed it to the father. The mother buried her face in the crook of the baby's neck. The baby stayed upright, gazing calmly out at the crowd. Ah, people kept saying, and isn't she a cutie? Flashbulbs, insistent video cameras, everyone pressing too close. The father's eyes were wet. Lots of people's were. There were sniffing sounds all through the waiting area. And when the mother raised her face, finally, her cheeks were sheeted with tears. Here, she told the father, you hold her. Ah, no, I'm scared I might. You do it, honey. I'll watch. The Asian woman started riffling through a sheaf of papers. People still disembarking had to step around her, step around the little family and the well-wishers and the tangle of baby equipment. Luckily, the flight hadn't been a full one. The passengers arrived in spurts. Man with a cane, pause. Retired couple, pause. And then another Asian woman, younger than the first and plainer, with a tucked, apologetic way of looking about. She was lugging a bucket-shaped infant carrier by the handle, and you could tell that the baby inside must not weigh all that much. This baby, too, was a girl, if you could judge by the pink T-shirt but she was smaller than the first one, sallow and pinched, with fragile wisps of black hair trailing down her forehead. Like the young woman transporting her, she showed a sort of anxious interest in the crowd. Her watchful black eyes moved too quickly from face to face. The young woman said something that sounded like, Yazdan? Yazdan, a woman called from the rear. It sounded like a correction. The crowd parted again, not certain which way to move, but eager to be of help, and three people no one had noticed before approached in single file. A youngish couple, foreign-looking, olive-skinned and attractive, followed by a slim, older woman with a chignon of sleek black hair knotted low on the nape of her neck. It must have been she who had called out their name, because now she called it again in the same clear, carrying voice. Here we are. Yazdan. 
there was just the trace of an accent evident in the ruffled R's. The young woman turned to face them, holding the carrier awkwardly in front of her. Congratulations, this is Suki, she said, but so softly and so breathlessly that people had to ask each other, What did she say? Suki, I believe it was. Suki, isn't that sweet? There was a problem unfastening the straps that held the baby in her carrier. The new parents had to do it, because the Asian woman's hands were full, and the parents were flustered and unskilled, the mother laughing slightly and tossing back her explosive waterfall of hennaed curls, the father biting his lip and looking vexed with himself. He wore tiny, very clean, rimless glasses that glittered as he angled first this way and then that, struggling with a plastic clasp. The grandmother, if that was who she was, made sympathetic tisk-tisking sounds. But at last, the baby was free. Such a little bit of a thing. The father plucked her out in a gingerly arm's-length manner and handed her to the mother, who gathered her in and rocked her and pressed her cheek against the top of the baby's feathery black head. The baby quirked her eyebrows, but offered no resistance. Onlookers were blowing their noses again, and the father had to take off his glasses and wipe the lenses. But the mother and the grandmother stayed dry-eyed, smiling and softly murmuring. They paid no attention to the crowd. When someone asked, "'Is yours from Korea, too?' Neither woman answered, and it was the father, finally, who said, Hmm? Oh, yes, she is. Hear that, Bitsy and Brad? Here's another Korean baby. The first mother glanced around. She was allowing the two grandmas a closer inspection, and said, Really? Her husband echoed her. Really? He stepped over to the other parents and held out his hand. Brad Donaldson, that's my wife, Bitsy, over there. How do you do? the second father said. Sami Yazdan. He shook Brad's hand, but his lack of interest was almost comical. He couldn't keep his eyes off his baby. Uh, my wife, Ziba, he added after a moment. My mother, Mariam. His wife didn't even look up. She was cradling the baby and saying what sounded like, Su-su-su. Brad Donaldson flapped a hand genially in her direction and returned to his own family. By the time the transfers had been made official, both Asian women proving to be sticklers for detail, the Donaldson crowd had started to thin. Evidently some sort of gathering was planned for later, though, because people kept calling, see you back at the house, as they moved toward the terminal. And then the parents themselves were free to go, Bitsy leading the way while the woman with the stroller wheeled it just behind her, like a lady-in-waiting. Clearly nothing would persuade Bitsy to give up her hold on that baby. Brad lumbered after her, followed by a few stragglers, and, at the very tail end, the Yazdans. One of the Donaldson grandpas, the rumpled one, dropped back to ask the Yazdans, So, did you have a long wait for your baby? Lots of paperwork and cross-examinations? Yes, Sami said. A very long wait. A very long, drawn-out process. And he glanced toward his wife. At times, we thought it never would happen, he said. The grandpa clucked and said, Don't I know it. Lord, what Bitsy and Brad had to put themselves through. They passed to one side of security, which was staffed by a lone employee sitting on a stool, and started down the escalator. All but the man with the bassinet. He had to take the elevator. 
The woman with the stroller, however, seemed undaunted. She tipped the front end of the stroller back smartly and stepped on without hesitation. Listen, Brad called up to the Yazdans from the lower level. You all feel like coming to our house, joining the celebration? But Sami was absorbed in guiding his wife onto the escalator, and when he didn't answer, Brad flapped a hand again in that, oh well, affable way of his. Maybe another time, he said to no one in particular, and he turned to catch up with the others. The exit door slid open and the Donaldsons streamed out. They headed toward the parking garage in twos and threes and fours, and shortly after that the Yazdans emerged to stand on the curb a moment, motionless, as if they needed time to adjust to the hot, humid, dimly lit, gasoline-smelling night. Friday, August 15, 1997. The night the girls arrived. Sometimes, when Mariam Yazdan looked at her new little granddaughter, she had an eerie, light-headed feeling, as if she had stepped into some sort of alternate universe. Everything about the child was impossibly perfect. Her skin was a flawless ivory, and her hair was almost too soft to register on Mariam's fingertips. Her eyes were the shape of watermelon seeds, very black, and cut very precisely into her small, solemn face. And her hands, tiny hands with curling fingers, the nails no bigger than dots. Susan, they called her. They chose a name that resembled the name she had come with, Suki, and also it was a comfortable sound for Iranians to pronounce. Susan, Mariam would sing when she went in to get her from her nap. Su-su-su. Susan would gaze out from behind the bars of her crib, sitting beautifully erect with one hand.